So a guy in my class, he asked me, he goes, if you could be any animal, what would it be? He was at, I, I don't get it, but okay. If, if I could be any animal, what would it be? My answer to him was, I'd be a dragon. Because then I'd breathe fire. I'd have the crystal, the claws. I'd have up-armored scales, the whole thing. He said nobody ever told him they'd be a dragon, but I'd be a dragon. That would be my kind of like, you know, animal, whatever that whole thing, spirit animal is. It'd be, the, it'd be a dragon. So when someone asks you what animal you would be, dragon's the best. Okay, just so you guys know. Hey, it's Frank from Sniper's High. You're listening to the Everyday Sniper Podcast, and we're going to give you some updates and what's going on. Mike's over at Mile High working. Give him a call. Uh, I'll see him this week. We're all going to the range like he talked about. He's got a whole new crew of guys he just trained up, and we're going to be heading out to the range this weekend. I was there yesterday, going there tomorrow. I got a bunch of stuff getting caught up on. I'm a bit behind. Like I said, this shoulder, I got reviews. I actually stopped uh, taking anything new in just so I can get caught up. There's just so much going on right now. And with my travel being in full, you know, instructor mode and the whole thing, it, it, it's pretty funny. Um, the wind stuff, you guys have been excellent talking about those two wind art, uh, uh, episodes. The first one where Mike and I talked about it. Some guys still don't quite get that BC method and they wanted to know more. Dude, Sniper Side Forum. There's the Ballistic Calculator. There's the Everyday Sniper Podcast section. We've been having multiple page discussions about it. Guys are giving their methods, what they're doing. Uh, also, big discussion we were just talking about there in the same vein. Truing BCs, what distance. Um, you know, I was looking at 800 yards and doing it that way. And, and Hornaday's looking at doing 800 yards. There's some guys that do something closer to 500 and, and there's just different methods of doing it, but if you want those discussions, head over to the forum and go in and you can pick it all out. It, it's, you know, people are asking, well, where do we get more information? They hear the podcast, they do that. Well, Sniper Side, that's the forum, the discussion, social media. It's, it's where we put all these things in one place. There's minor discussions on Facebook and things like that. Mike... Mike did a post asking you, you know, what's your method of calling wind? Uh, what do you, when you talk to your buddies, what do they say they do? That's a big key to this, you know, sampling other shooters and saying, hey man, what's your method of doing this? How are you doing it? And then, you know, taking that feedback and applying it to your own situation. So go into the forums and go on that, talk more about the wind calls and how they're modifying it. There's some guys who break it down to even more detail. You know, they're looking at it where if it's a 5.2 mile an hour wind, they're using that 5.2 sliding decimal uh, places. And there's other ways of doing it. One question that did come up, some guy says, well, how do I do it in my head if it's, you know, 0.7 for full value coming at 7.30 and the wind is, you know, four miles an hour and not six well, there's methods for that, and, and they talk about that in the Sniper's Hide Forum, how to break that down, how to make it easier, but it's pretty straightforward. If you're using mills, you're just sliding the decimal place over, and you're just moving it over, and, and I'm not going to go and read the examples. Maybe at the end, I'll pull it up on the computer and read you the examples the guys give, but there's easily... three or four really, uh, you know, or three or four guys who really have this kind of stuff down and are talking about it, who use a very similar method to determine. 
Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's about testing it, going out and shooting it, seeing how it works for you, and then applying the easiest method off of that base value and then going from there. How to set up your Kestrel and true it up and make sure your wind is correct. Make sure that the BC is what controls that wind drift. If we're updating the BCs and we're making it a little bit more accurate for our system, we're also updating the uh, wind within that ballistic solver. Um, the other thing, and I want to get into because I just posted it this morning, I went out and, and I have the new Sight Mark 3 to 18 Pinnacle. It's here and we're working with it. And when I did the video yesterday going out to the range, I used that Pinnacle as the tall target test scope calibration test. Um, in that Kestrel software, we talked about the first thing they tell you is, did you calibrate your scope? That's a question. Have you gone out and tall target tested it? Do you know whether your scope actually tracks? That's a real question. Have you done it? And be honest with yourself. Do you check it? Because a lot of people don't. They skip this part. Well, I went and put a video up. I put an article up on Sniper's Hide. It's in the main page. It's in the forum. I shared it. Um, I didn't put it on YouTube yet. I did put it on Full 30, the, the, the video. I used my Flow Player platform, and I did Full 30. I'll do YouTube tomorrow or something uh, just because, you know, why give them the, the, the sort of the exclusive, I guess, of putting it up first. But, you know, this is a skipped part of truing your software. Guys will go out and shoot it. They think it tracks fine. They have a number. And you can almost see because what happens is, you know, you're 0 0.8, 0 0.8, 0 0.8. And then all of a sudden it's like 1.2. It jumps big or something between, you know, 700 and 800 or 600 and 700. There's a weird anomaly. Well, that could be part of your scope and it may miss a tick. It may do something. You got to check tracking. Uh, I've mentioned more than once and, and there was actually over almost 600 sales of the Sniper's Hide Tall Target at Box to Bench Precision. Box number two, Bench Precision. You can get the Sniper's Hide Tall Target. It comes two to a page. It's nice and contrasty. You can shoot it. You cannot shoot it. You can do whatever you want. It's on right in the rain paper. It'll work really good. We use it for our classes. We use it for different stuff. Uh, we'll be doing PR2 when I go to Alaska in June. We'll do tall target testing there. So that's one of those things you want to do. First off, is your range 100 yards? You have to know how far it is exactly to like within less than a foot. You know, you can't just take your laser range finder, which is in yards, and think that it's going to be perfect. It may not be. They have 300 foot tape measures out there. You could do a tape measure and figure out where exactly that needs to be. Now, if you're on a public range, you might run into a little more issue so you, you got to look at it. And where does that go? Well, I do it to the turret. That's what we're measuring. That's where that's going to. I don't do it to the muzzle or just to the rifle. I do it to the turret. That's why with the scope tool from Target USA, and he, come out, he, he just came out with a new version. It looks really good. It's really polished. It's engraved. It's nice. It's fancy. It still weighs like 30 pounds. I know some wise asses out there who think it's a copy of the Badger Dev level. The Badger Dev level is aluminum, it's tiny, it's meant to mount a scope at a desk, it's not meant to test tracking and do these things, it's too light. The, this, while the new improved may look like a version on steroids, 
it's a completely different purpose, right? One's for mounting your scope, one's for testing tracking. Now, the Sniper's Hide uh, scope tool from Target USA can be used to mount and do your scope the same way. So it will kill two birds at one stone, but the Badger Dead level won't. I have the Badger Dead level. I know exactly what it does and how it does it. This is different. So putting that sight mark pinnacle on there and then, um, you know, testing it, uh, we made sure we're at 100 yards. We do the test. We do the whole thing. And, and the video's up. You can see it today. It It's showing you that, like, in this case, it was 0.1 mil off of perfect, which that's common, man. Be 2% or, or less right in that 2% zone is actually really, really common for a lot of these scopes. This this is this is not something to be like, oh, I got to send it back. It's probably within their spec. I don't know what their tracking spec is. I know like with reticles and stuff, they're between two and three percent error. You know, um, it, it's it's actually a little bigger than you realize. So if you send something in and it's like a tenth off, they're going to be like it's in spec. And that's the reason software has that ability to adjust because that's the weakest link there. You know, I, I was listening to NASCAR channel yesterday and they were talking about different things. And one of the big thing was they just had a road course, right? And AJ Allmendinger missed a shift and blew the engine up. And there was all this discussion about, you know, the, the bulletproofness of a mechanical device. Well, a scope is a mechanical device. And even in the NASCAR world, because they're saying, you know, they're, 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 they're a lot better car than they used to be. The parts last a lot better. But stuff still breaks all the time because it's a mechanical device and there's just no way to prevent it from breaking, right? So this discussion was going on and on. I was listening to them and it's just there's no way to prevent it. Scope's the same way. I don't care how much money you spend. There is a very real possibility that it's off ever so slightly. And as we've noted, because we built that tracking tool because of classes and scopes not returning to zero. Could have been the split rings, you know, the vertically split ring issue we saw. Could be just the scope was just off. Could be a combination of the two. But we saw this, you know, here we're running classes of 18 people at a clip in you know, we're getting five people with scope errors per class. So we'd created that scope tool to take everybody's scope off during PR2 and to test them. And we're finding 2% is a very real number. So putting that into your software is a simple process as long as you do the work and you go out and check it. Then it's just like, hey, man, it's update my software. Tell it it's not like in the case of the Sightmark Pinnacle. It's 1.01. Not a big deal. 1.01. But that tells the software that it's tracking at 99%. I, I kind of got that backwards in the video and did a little lower third. You know, I, I did a little note to say, I, I yes, it was 99%. But when you put it in the software, you go to 101 and not 99. I did it backwards. So just to clarify that, but it's tracking at 99%, which means you have to tell the software 101 to correct it. Okay. Well, then the software's happy. Everything's good. You'll start to see things will line up better, 
right? So that's why we do it. If you want to shoot far, if you want to be precise, if you want to hit a sub MOA target, this is the effort you have to go through. You have to zero the rifle and know what's going on and get a good tight zero. I'd even recommend a true range zero. And in the article, I put a little screenshot of Cold Bore's true range zero utility. Cold Bore on their phone app has a target truing utility, has a true range zero utility, right? None of these other software that are supposedly the gold standards have this stuff. They'll let you fix it, but you got to manually do it. Where Cold Bore has it in there. Just it's simple. Put in how far did it move, over what distance. Here's your new correction factor. Done. Here's your 100 yards zero. Measure how far off from dead center perfect it is. Put in the correction factor. Now the range isn't 100 yards. It's 156 yards. Because you're, you know, like in between a click off of dead nuts perfect. And that's why I'm going towards this horizontal targets versus ones that are more vertical. Okay, there, here's, here's where all this comes full circle. Fundamental Frank, bringing you full circle to why I'm doing things I'm doing. And here's, here's something to ask yourself and ask others. Are they doing the same thing? I don't think you'll find it. We're changing the targets to a more horizontal version instead of a vertical one to make sure our elevation's good. Why? Because of software. We're testing our scope tracking more consistently every single scope now, not just taking it for granted. Why? Because of software. We're doing true range zeros to put into the software to make it more precise because software, it's it does have these features, but when you don't use them, you're losing a little on the back end. Okay, king of two miles coming up next week. This is where that's going to make the difference, right? If we're shooting inside a thousand yards, anything can work. I, I can pull a number out of my ass, do 0.8 with a 6.5 and, you, you know, every hundred yards and add to, you know, when you get to eight, add, you know, 0.9, you'll get something, touch a target when they're full size six and such. But the thing is, you know, if you really want to vet it, it's why we started out with watermarks. Now we're doing horizontal targets. Now we're doing true range zero. There's, there, there's, there's a clue here. There's something we're repeating over and over again. Um, you know, the ballistic chart, or not ballistic chart, the ballistic card that I made for Impact Data Books, all coming back to this because it, it's, it's become such a big factor of classes. Such a big factor of working with students is everybody shows up with software. Everybody wants it dead on. You know, they want to leave there and be able to go shoot anywhere in the country and hit without doing any extra work. I mean, you may only show up at cores, K&Ms, whatever. They may give you time to shoot. You may not be able to get the time off and do it. You may be just checking 100 yard. But if you know your software is good, then... You know, you're you're going to be that much better off versus the guys who got there early, who got to dope their rifles at that range. I mean, I was just looking. I still have, and here's a notebook I pulled out, and I was using it, or, or this uh, this might not be the same one, but I was using a notebook up in Alaska that I grabbed, okay, a brand new one that, that I wanted to use. And in that notebook, 
It had every target and yard line for core. I wrote everything down, every Charlie, every Bravo, every Alpha, the distance, all that. I have it, you know, so I can then go make sure everything lines up to that. I know where the DA lands in, in core. I know all these different things. I can make the adjustments. I can even print a JBM chart with, with ain't no flourishes, hard copy, whatever I have to do. All I needed to do is put in that DA for down there, put in my data, then go ahead and do it. And, and it just luckily, I do have some numbers that line up for core so I can compare them. But this is why we do it. We had one guy question, you know, why are we truing BCs? Why are we doing Muzzvalot? Why are we doing all this with software when we could just gather dope, get it over with and be done because of travel, okay? Because this, if you do it right, if you take the time and, and you, you, you put in the effort, it becomes that much easier. You're, you're still only doing it once, okay? We're, we're, I'm going to go out. I'm going to zero my rifle. You know, I can check my two range zero right there. It's it's no different. All it is walk down and measure, and I could write that number down. I'm collecting my muzzle velocity. I can write down my actual muzzle velocity, right? Now I have that written and that written. Next thing I'm going to do is dope my rifle out from 200 to 1,500 yards. I'm writing that number, 200.3, you know, 300.8, uh, 400, 1.2, so on. Well, then I take that home. My conditions from the Kestrel are written down. The dope that I hit the targets with are written down. My true range zero offset is written down. My muzzle velocity is written down. All on that same data sheet in my data book. Now, I sit in here in front of the computer like this, just like I'm talking to you guys, and I pull up my app, and I put all that in, and I line it up. I'm done. That's it. I don't have to sweat it anymore. It should then default under current conditions to what I need to do. But you got to check your scopes, man. Go look at the article. Look at the video. I mean, it's real simple. You know, I don't do crazy long. This one's a little longer. It's like nine minutes. But, you know, it's not a lot of me talking, you know, in circles and stuff. It's showing you what I'm doing. It's showing you how I do it. And, and then explaining each step as I do it. Through the scope so you can see what it looks like. The whole thing, you know, th this makes sure your reticle straight and square, drop to the fall of gravity, because what we're worried about is gravity. Gravity, gravity, gravity. All the bullet cares about is gravity, okay? Once it comes out of the barrel, it's affected by gravity, okay? We don't have anti-gravity devices like the UFOs do. We got to deal with it. You know, if we go into space, we float. We don't get to stand on stuff unless we got magnetic shoes on. That's the bitch. They, they got like fancy gravitational deflector arrays, all kinds of stuff. So they can cruise through the deflector array, knock stuff out of the way so they don't get little tiny holes in their spaceship. They got like artificial gravity, all this stuff going on. We don't have it. Shoot the bullet, gravity pulls it to the ground, right? So that's why we got to check the scope, make sure it tracks correctly. And we understand what's going on with that. So stop over to the form. It's in the ballistic app section, the ballistic solver section. It's on the main page. It, it, it's, it's at full 30 for the video. And tomorrow or so, it'll be up on YouTube if you want to go there. I also posted a link on the Everyday Sniper Facebook page to it. So if you're going over to the Everyday Sniper Facebook page, you could find it there. Speaking of that, I actually ordered some more 
I only got, I thought I got a lot more than I did, but I, apparently I made a small order of the stickers and I'm going to have more of them. So maybe I'll drop some off with Mike and let him throw some in the box or do something where if you make an order from Mile High, I'll tell him to, if you ask for an everyday sniper sticker, I'll leave him a stack that he can toss in, you know, while they're available. I'll do a sniper's hide one because I ordered some extra sniper's hide and I'll, and I'll ask Mike to throw them in with any of, uh, Everyday sniper listener followers can get a sticker and a and a thing. You know what the heck? We, we, you know, sticker. What's it cost? Like twenty five, thirty cents, forty cents? I don't know what it is. But I got them. I ordered them up. They should be here in a couple days. Um, got to check my email. Had some weird malware thing try to send in. There was wasn't much on the computer. I, I finally downloaded for the first time in ages some malware stuff for the uh, Apple. And it found, you know, mainly it's like emails that, that were still in the in the bin and hadn't been completely deleted. It found a, a couple of those. But um there there's you know, there's some malicious website and stuff out there. And so I made sure I killed that. So yesterday I wasn't into my email and stuff. I gotta do it today. A little behind. Like I said, getting caught up, hitting the range, super hot out. That kind of deal. But taking advantage of the weather man going out and knocking out some of these videos and and gonna add a bunch more content now that i'm i I need to get caught up and i'm home for another two weeks until back to alaska we did open up another set of classes in september because i'm going in october you know october is that reunion shoot it's the uh lodge anniversary and so mark added classes on the front end of it to sort of pay for the trip to come up and damn, the things are full up already. We had like three seats left yesterday. And within an hour, he made a post. Somebody said, oh, they told their friend to go. And then I know Mike added people to the August class. It's it's not over full, but it's at our limit. I tend to tell you know them 10 is where I want to be for the mile high classes. We're at 12 for a lot of them. There might be a spot in... October, it's like the fifth or sixth for the mile, the last mile high class. So if you call Mike or Jamie over there, Jamie's managing a lot of that at mile high. So as for Jamie, um, there, there might be one or two spaces left in October. I don't follow it super close. I usually just see when the emails come in with people asking questions and things like that. But, um, definitely if you're interested in a class, if you're interested in doing this stuff, if you're interested in seeing it in person and shooting out on the range as we shoot at, the ones you see in the videos and in the pictures and everything like that, this is going to be your last opportunity for this year. Although, as I've mentioned several times now, we are going to add more classes for next year. It's just, it's so popular. It's it's working out so well for everybody. Um, I'm going to end up up in the, the amount of time we're spent training. So definitely, if you're into it, uh, give him a call over there. Talk to Mike, and he'll get you sorted out. Uh, along with that pinnacle, I got a shout out to um, Sean over with Acme. Acme scopes, man, they're three hundred dollars, especially with these twenty twos and stuff. I, I got to finish the videos and do all this. Like I said, I'm a bit behind, but the pinnacle is is one of those low cost. They got a nice little reticle on it, three to eighteen, either capped or not capped uh, turrets. Tracked well, 0.1 off. The oh, parallax was like dead on at 100. It was actually really good as far as that uh, picture looks and the whole thing. Took the scope out a little bit to distance after I tracked it and checked it out. 
it was it was actually really you know for the for the cost of that site mark pinnacle it's a good kind of backup secondary option if you don't have a lot of money and everything you got it's it's not expensive it's 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 right in line with you know the athlons the bushnells and all that kind of stuff and they they do a decent job on it so something to look at same thing with acme acme's got this $300 scope 399 or something like that it's a 6 to 24 it's made in the same place like athlon is it's just Really low-end branded, and and it's a good little 22. I have it on the uh, Ruger 223. It's working out well. I got to do, like I said, a video and do a final tracking test and some things on it that way. But, I mean, so far, it's working out pretty good. So if you're in a market for a secondary scope, a 22 trainer scope or something like that, look at that Sightmark Pinnacles. Uh, we've done the 5 to 30 now. We gave that away to a Sniper's Hide member. No complaints there. We got the 3 to 18 here. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to do a giveaway with that one when I'm done with it. So it's one of these things where, you know, the companies don't always want me to return them. You know, when they're expensive scopes, 3000 bucks or so, I send them back. But with these lower end ones, they, they usually just kind of write them off. And so what I've asked those guys to do is be able to give it away to the Sniper's Hide members and, and to kind of raffle off the scope and, you know, or say, hey, who's... Who's in need? You know, show me what you got. Show me what you don't have, and and then making it work that way. So it, it's definitely, um, you know, something to look at. Uh, the, both that sight mark and that Acme designs. Uh, Acme was at Shot Show and they went to the Scout Sniper Association. I know they did like you know Chuck Moamy signed a few things and um, he there there's some different stuff, but a good support for it. And he also has those low end arrow. AR fifth or AR tens that I mean they're, it's like the whole package you get the thing for like fourteen hundred bucks and you get a rifle and a scope and it's not not bad so it's one of those low cost ends that are definitely worth looking at and I you know I I haven't haven't seen them explode and I'm, they're not falling apart definitely something to look at but uh gonna jump out gotta do a couple things i gotta get my email fired up i haven't fired it up for two days there's gonna be 400 messages for me to catch up with so i'll get back with all you guys thanks for listening thanks for sharing go over to sniper's hide forum put your questions in do you know all that kind of stuff that you're looking to do uh we're, we're talking about it if you don't if you're not getting a, what we're saying if you because like i said we have had those questions come up hop in the forum Throw the answer out. You'll get not only me, but 10 other people that'll give you answers and, and varying answers that are, are are in the positive. You know, these aren't like Facebook answers where the guys are telling, I just saw one today, the guy telling you to go buy a knockoff Atlas or AccuTac. It's like, come on, man, we've been through this. Why are you keep pushing people? Save some money. Don't spend 270 Spend 85 bucks. It's like, come on, man. Why are you doing that? You're, 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 it's, it's, it's bad advice. It's a bad product. It's a knockoff. It's taking money out of other people's, you know. So definitely, I would avoid that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, avoid the whole Facebook bullshit groups. I mean, those things are shutting down. I think a lot of them went to the MeWe's and all, but who cares? Anyway, thank you for listening. Give Mike a call. I'm going to get those stickers once they show up, and, and we'll get you all sorted out. You're listening to Frank from Sniper's Hide, and this has been the Everyday Sniper. Appreciate it.